for today how to pray for people. How to pray for people. Um, something we all need to know about. And uh, at the end of the service, I'm going to lead us in a prayer for the new president-elect and the vice president-elect. I think that would be fitting. Uh, you know, we've consistently prayed for the presidents over the many years, whether we agreed with the results of an election or not, because we need to honor the office. You understand that? Um, I want to commend all who participated in the pre-election prayer that we did here at Summit over the last many months. I think you can see the supernatural hand of God was clearly on this election. And that is a result of uh, Christians praying and voting. Uh, You know, the Holy Spirit showed us some things to pray about. Prior to the election, which we did, and I believe that we did our our part, you know, and I'm pleased with the results. I'm most pleased for the unborn babies. You know, had Secretary Clinton won, her Supreme Court picks would have moved this nation farther away from life, farther away from morality, and farther away from the Word of God. You know, the United States has been going away from the Word of God for many years now in the wrong direction. But uh, the swamp in Washington, D.C. needs to be drained. And and I trust that this president-elect will do that. Now, you know, he's rough around the edges. to To say the least. But you really need somebody like that to shake things up, you know. But, you know, Peter, I mean, remembers Peter and John and Paul. I mean, before Paul got, he was Saul and then he got saved and he became Paul. I mean, he was really rough around the edges if, you know, he killed Christians before he got saved. Is that right? That's pretty rough around the edges. But he got saved, didn't he? And, and so we've seen men in the Bible and, and, you know, women that rough around the edges, but God was able to take those people and use them. And so I trust that he'll be able to do that with this uh, president-elect. Um, the Holy Spirit is strongly impressed on me that it's imperative that we not stop praying. Um, you know, well, we prayed, now he's in there, stop praying. That would be a mistake. I believe our work in prayer is is just really beginning. Um, you know, Washington, D.C. has a way of changing people. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. And there's several reasons for that, but one of which is spiritual. See, most folk don't realize there is a spiritual world. And how many of you know there's angels? And there's also demons. There really are. And if you study the Bible, you see that demonic power can set itself up over a city, up over a country, up over a, a region. And manipulate the people. And I think that's one reason. Now there's other reasons. But one reason you see folks get to Washington and and D.C. And then they start changing. A lot of that is spiritual. And it's up to the Christians to, uh, to deal with those things in prayer. So that the elected officials don't get hindered by those spiritual things. And get off track. Did you hear, did you hear that? And so it's up to us. To, uh, to, to hold the, these folks in Washington, D.C. up in prayer. I believe if this president-elect fails, 
God will hold the church responsible for not praying. We need to continue to pray. So I said all that to teach you how to pray for people. So in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, let's look at this. And if you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen or you can look it up. We always recommend that you, you, you look up the scriptures. But if not, they're on the screen. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, we'll read these verses. The Apostle Paul, he's writing here and he says, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For all men. And then notice, for kings, all who are in authority. Well, the president would come in there, wouldn't he? And 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 the vice president and all the elected officials, anyone in authority. Now, why do we need to pray that we may lead a what? A quiet and a peace, peaceful life. How many wants to live a quiet and peaceful life? I, I do. So it's important that we pray for all people, but, but also for those in authority. And, and notice verse 3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Now watch this. Who desires all men to be what? To be saved. And come to the knowledge of the truth. When you pray for people, there's two things that you need to understand. First, that they be what? Saved. Say saved from what? From what? How many of you know, if you study the Bible, there is a heaven above, isn't there? And there's something else we've got to talk about down there beneath Hell. That's why God sent Jesus to the cross. Had him die there, shed his blood, be buried and raised from the dead. That he went and did that for us. So that when we, with a repentant heart, place our faith in Jesus. See, that's how you get saved. Because a lot of people think a lot of different things about how you get saved. Some people think that if you attend church regular. How many of you know attending church regular is good? But that won't save you, will it? No, no. Giving money to the church, that's good, but that won't save you, will it? Doing a lot of good works, that's certainly good, but that won't save you. There's only one thing that will save you, keep you out of hell, put you in heaven when you die, and that's simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible is clear on that. And see, that's what God desires, that all would be saved. So that's what you need to pray for people first, is that they, is that they be saved. Okay, and then secondly, come to the what knowledge of the truth. So we'll teach you here today how to do that. First of all, how do you pray for somebody to be saved? How do you how do you do that? Well, do you say, oh, God, save so and so save my aunt, save my uncle. Now, that's that's praying ineffectively because you see, God wants your aunt, your uncle, all your loved ones, he wants them saved more than you do. Do you understand that? So you see, see, it's, we, you need to understand, we all have a free will. Real loud, say free will. But I got a free will. God will never violate your free will. See, if God were gonna violate your free will, he would, he'd make you get saved. But God won't make you do anything. Did you hear me? He won't make you do anything. So, what, what you need to do then is pray for people that it's not a matter of saying, oh, God, save so-and-so. Here's what you do. First of all, to pray for somebody's salvation, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. 
So if you, if you say, oh God, save, save Aunt Susie, that's an ineffective prayer. Because God wants Aunt Susie saved more than you. See, you're, you're praying wrong if you, if you pray that away. Here's how you pray for people to be saved. First of all, notice here in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, gospel means the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. Perishing means, you know, going go to go to hell. God don't want you to go there. Now watch this. Whose mind's the God of this age? Now, does anybody know who the God of this age is? It's Satan. It's the devil. Whose mind's the God of this age has what? Blinded. Who do not believe. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, when you go to pray for somebody's salvation, you don't say, oh God, save so and so. What you do is, is you have to deal with that spiritual blindness that the devil has blinded folks with. Did you hear me? Have you ever tried to share the, the, the love of Jesus with somebody and you're just like you're talking to a, to a, to a wall, to a, to a blank slate? And has anybody ever done that besides me? See, they're blinded. And no matter how much you, you share the good news of the gospel with them, it seems like it goes in one ear and out the other. They, they just can't see it. They just can't accept it. Have you ever talked to an atheist? You know, you just, somebody doesn't believe in God. And you talk to him and talk to him and talk to him. And it's just like it's hitting a dead wall. Your words hitting a dead wall. You know why that is? It's because they're blinded spiritually. Their minds are blinded. So when you go to pray for somebody's salvation, you first have to deal with that spiritual blindness. And God has given us authority. If you know anything about the Bible, if you know anything about the power in the name of Jesus... You can, you can deal with that spiritual blindness that the devil has blinded people with. And that's the first thing you need to do when you pray for somebody's salvation. You deal with that spiritual blindness. You speak to that spiritual blindness. Do you understand? You command it to, 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 to come down and, 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 and you, in other words, if I was praying for Adam here, if he wasn't saved, I, I, I wouldn't ask God to do anything about the spiritual blindness. I would, I would say now in the name of the Lord Jesus, that spiritual blindness that's on Adam, I pull it down in Jesus' name. That's how you do it. Most folks have never been taught that. Did you hear me? Most folks have never been taught that. That's how you, when you pray for somebody's salvation, you have to first Deal with the spiritual blindness that the devil's blinded them with. It's the first thing you got to do. And then once you've done that, then the next thing you do is you go to Luke 10 verse 2. Luke 10 verse 2. And let's turn there and, and we'll read it. Jesus said to them, the harvest is great, but laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. What does that mean? You need to ask God... To send somebody to that person you just pulled the spiritual blindness down. You need to ask God to send somebody to them to share the gospel with them. Did, did you get what I just said there? So there's really two steps to praying for somebody's salvation. Number one, pull down spiritual blindness. And number two, ask God to send somebody to share the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ with them. Did, did you get that? 
And that's really about all you can do. And then the rest is up to the Holy Spirit to deal with that person's heart. You can't make somebody get saved. Because God will never violate somebody's free will. So what do you do? First, you pull down spiritual blindness. And then second, you ask God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, to send somebody across that person's path to share the gospel with them. Did you get that? So when you pray for people, what's the first thing you need to do? Pray for their salvation, and I just taught you how to do it. Now then the next thing that you do when you pray for people, go to Ephesians verse 1. Now look at this, Ephesians verse 1, and uh, chapter 1 rather, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Notice what the Apostle Paul here says, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. He's writing to this, this church at Ephesus, and he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. Now that's important. Did these people have faith in the Lord Jesus? Were they saved? Why were they saved? Because they had faith in the Lord Jesus. So, so he doesn't need to pray for their salvation, does he? They're already saved. He said, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, now watch this, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the knowledge of the Lord, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That's the second thing you pray for people. See, people that are already saved, you don't need to pray for them to get saved, do you? They're already saved. But what do you need to pray for people that are already saved? You need to pray... Notice this, that God would give them the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation and the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Did you get that? That the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That's what you pray. You know, uh, there's a whole lot of people that I've met Christians now. They, they, they truly believe on the Lord Jesus. Okay? But they don't believe in healing. They believe that God wants you sick. They believe that when you get sick, you're sick for the glory of God. Has anybody ever heard that? I've heard it. I've dealt with that. See, those people, you don't need to, you don't need to, to, to deal with, with them as far as salvation goes. Because they're already saved. But what do you need to do? You need to pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened concerning healing. Right? Is the Bible clear that he wants everybody well? How many of you know God's a good God? He wants everybody well. We've seen over the last 22 years, we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people healed in here. Right in this building, healed by the power of God. Is that wonderful? But I've had people come in here and, 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 and they just absolutely, they don't, they don't believe in healing. So, I don't spend a lot of time trying to, you know, get it in their head. You know, you need to believe in healing. You need to believe. What I do is I spend time in prayer that the eyes of their understanding would be what? Enlightened. Okay? For example, uh, 
the Bible is clear. God wants all your needs met. He, he, he doesn't want you to be broke, busted, and disgusted. Did you know that? He, he doesn't. He wants you to have, he wants you to be blessed financially. You know, there's a lot of people, I'm talking Christians now, they're saved. They believe on the Lord Jesus, they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to heaven. But they believe that, that you need to be broke and, and never have any money in your pocket. Because, because they'll say if you're broke and you don't have anything, it's just a testimony to, that you're humble and, See, they need their, the eyes of their understanding enlightened that God wants them blessed financially. Did, did you get what I did? Did you get that? Now, you can take prosperity too far and, and, and go crazy with it. But God, you understand, not everybody's going to be a millionaire. Is that right? But God wants you blessed financially. Do you understand that? Um, I've dealt with young kids over the years. I, you know, teenagers. It, being a junior high school teacher in days gone by, um, you know, I know what it's like to deal with teenagers. And, uh, you know, I've already seen teenagers. They believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They're saved all right. They're saved all right. They, they, they love the Lord. They trust in the Lord Jesus. But they're not, but, but, but they don't really think they need to obey their parents. Now, have any of you parents ever run into that? Huh? Anybody? Well, you know, they're saved. Your kids are saved. They believe on the Lord. So you don't need to pray for them along those lines. But what do you need to do? You need to pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That they would see. How many of you know the Bible clearly teaches that children ought to obey their parents? Is that is that right? So, so you see, I, I've been able to get this across to parents over the years because if all you're doing is trying to drum it into your kid's head that they need to be obedient, you know, have you ever talked to your kid and your child and it's like hitting a, hitting a dead wall, a blank space, anybody? Well, spend a little time praying that the eyes of their understanding would be what? Enlightened, you know. And then when you go to talk to them about being obedient, I, I think you get a whole lot further. See, let, give God, see, God won't do anything in the earth unless we give him an avenue to do it through prayer. Most people don't understand that. I didn't understand that years ago. Uh, when I was a, a, a kid, I thought, well, why pray? God's going to do what he's going to do anyway, so why even pray? And, and it hindered me until I, and until I saw that the way God set the authority structure of this planet up, is that he set it up. Remember in the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam and Eve a dominion in the earth, didn't he? And, and so the way God has set this up is that, that he won't do anything in the earth unless we give him an avenue to do it through prayer. So when it comes to praying for people, what's the first thing you need to, need to deal with is salvation. I taught you how to do that. But if somebody's saved, there's no reason to pray for their salvation again. They're, they're saved. But there's a whole lot of saved people that are in the dark on a lot of different things. Is that right? And so we need to pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened and that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You understand that? You know, you ought to be praying that for me. I don't know it all. I'm your pastor. 
I need to be seeing things from the word of God that I haven't seen before. Things that God needs to reveal to me. That's something that you can pray for me. Is that the eyes of my understanding would be what? Enlightened. That God would show me from the Bible anything that, that, you know, that I haven't seen yet. So on. That's a good way to pray for me. That's a good way to pray for anybody, isn't it? That the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Did, 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 you, get, did you get that? Very simple here. Now let's see if you got anything. First of all, when you go to pray for somebody, what do you have to deal with first? Salvation. Salvation. All right. Now, do you pray, oh God, save so-and-so? Is that how you pray? No. What do you do first? Pull down the spiritual blindness. That's what you do. And then you ask God to send a laborer, a, a person, across their path to share Jesus with them. The good news of Jesus. You got that? Now, once somebody's saved, once they're already saved, all right, then what do you pray? You pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened on whatever subject it might be on. You okay? Did you get that? All right. Well, having said that, we're going to close the message. I got a short one for you today. And everybody said, Amen. We're going to take just a few minutes. We're going to, we're, I'm going to ask you to stand, if, if you would. And I'm going to lead a prayer. And we're going to pray for the president-elect and the vice president-elect. And we're going to uh, do our part. You okay with that? Well, you can just bow your heads. And then when I'm done, just take a few minutes. When I'm done, if you agree with it, say amen. If you don't, then don't say amen. (laughs) You know, it's pretty simple. Okay? All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. And specifically now we hold up the president-elect Trump and the vice president-elect Pence. Now, sir, we know that the vice president-elect is saved. And we know that. But some say that the president-elect is. Some say he isn't. I don't know. I can't judge another man's heart. But in the event that he's not, so we don't want to take any chances. (laughs) In the event that he's not, Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pull down any spiritual blindness that's blinding Donald Trump from seeing the light of the glorious gospel. I pull that down right now in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I ask that you would send, and I know you've already sent, But send laborers, keep people around him with the good news of Jesus Christ on their lips. That he would for sure receive Jesus and be a Christian. Miss hell and make heaven. And now we pray for him and for the vice president-elect that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Enlightened to the word of God. Enlightened 
to the principles of the word of God. And that no decision would be made unless their spiritual minds have been enlightened. No Supreme Court judges nominated apart from the wisdom of God. And that any promise that he made while on the campaign trail that lines up with the word of God, that he would honor that. And that he would make good on that. That no one would be hurt, no one would be intimidated, that love would prevail. I take authority in the name of the Lord Jesus over the spiritual powers that govern Washington, D.C. and govern the media. And I forbid you to influence that man, to draw him in and suck him into the swamp like so many others have been. But that he'll make good on what he said and that he'll drain the swamp. No backing off of what he promised that he'll drain the swamp. And keep his mind enlightened to that. And that righteousness would again prevail in this nation. And we pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus. And sir, also, I pray for the people of God. That while we lift up our president-elect. And we, we, we've lifted up all the presidents all, all through the years. But, but, but sir, we understand this, this nation was not at a fork in the road. This nation was at the last exit before. And thank God you've been merciful and gracious to us. And a lot of people don't look at his election as, as a good thing and they're protesting. But what they really don't realize is it's your mercy. To keep this nation from going off the cliff completely. As it pertains to away from the word of God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. But I pray for the people of God that we do not ever look to a man. That we do not ever look to Donald Trump or Mike Pence or any of them. But that we always look to you. Jesus is Lord. And there is no other. So we thank you for this election. We thank you for the results. We believe that good will come of it. And not only for the president-elect and the vice president-elect, but for all of the cabinet posts that he has to make, that you'd enlighten him on those things and all the way down the line. And we pray that the eyes of all of their understanding would be enlightened to move this country back to the morality of the Word of God. But in the midst of all of it, we keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And to him and to him only be the glory. And all of God's people that agreed with that prayer said, Amen. Amen. Now with your heads bowed and eyes closed, there's going to be some people standing up here in the front. If you're here today, you listen carefully now. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior... 
You've never made him the Lord of your life. You need to do that before you leave here today. Because there really, really is a heaven above and there really, really is a hell beneath. You know the dumbest thing anybody ever did is go to hell. Because it's so easy to get saved. Salvation is a free gift. You can't earn it through works. You, You receive it. By simply with a repentant heart, just saying, God, I'm sorry for my sins. And then just saying, Lord Jesus, come come into my heart. I believe that God's raised you from the dead. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. If you do that in a moment's, in a moment's time, you get what the Bible calls born again. You get saved. So if you're here today and you've never done that, when we dismiss... You walk up here to the front, get with one of these nice men and women, men or women, whichever one, and say, hey, I want to know Jesus. And they'll, and they'll pray with you. They'll, go, they'll pray with you, with you. They'll introduce you to the Lord Jesus. And I tell you what, not only will you miss hell and make heaven, but he'll make your life worth living again. He'll bring joy. He'll bring a Jesus. He'll bring a joy to your life that you can't explain. And serving God is joy unspeakable and full of glory. It really, really is. So if you've never received Jesus, you do that before you leave. When we dismiss, you come on up here and these nice people will pray with you. If you have some other prayer need or some other need in your life, or maybe you just need to talk to somebody. That's what these people are up here for. So if you need to take advantage of that, you, you, you come on up and do that as soon as we're dismissed. Well, I'm glad I came today. How about you? Praise God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? I tell you what, greet a couple of people, love on a couple of people, and you're dismissed. We'll see you next time. God bless.